Welcome to the ninth episode of Truths Be Told. I am your host, your resident hopeless romantic, Lindsay Mullen. And uh, if you're new to the Truths Be Told podcast, all you really need to know is that it's a storytelling podcast where I have guests that come on and they tell stories, true stories from their life that revolve around a theme. The theme of this episode if you haven't guessed it already, is a uh, romance. Well, actually, the title I went with is So Romantic. That's how you have to say it. So Romantic. Yeah, so uh, all the stories we have on the show are here to um, thaw your cold, dead, icicle heart inside your chest supposed to warm you up, reinvigorate you, and make you believe in love again. If you're like me, you might think that um, love isn't real or possible, or that it's transactional and not fair and horrible. That's, that's the state of mind I'm in. You see, I'm still processing my breakup, and, um, you know, Valentine's Day was like a, last week. And, um, you know, I'm just in a bit of a dark phase when it comes to the world of romance. I haven't been able to figure out yet if this episode that I'm creating right now is going to be healing for me or torturous. So, uh, without getting into it too much, I was in a relationship for about three years with someone that I thought I was going to be in a relationship with for the rest of my life. Um, Living together, totally in love, my best friend in the world. And I'm a few months into single life at the moment. And uh, I'm I'm going through the phases that you kind of go through with breakups. And um, before, I was in the sad music, nonstop, Morrissey, bit of Phil Collins phase, you know, breakup music, a lot of Roy Orbison in there too, bought a lot of books, got really existential, and now, I'm, I mean, parts of me are still in that phase, but really, if I'm being honest, the phase I have transitioned into is the, um, uh, the, 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 the bed hopping stage. This is a very important stage of healing one's heart because you can't be sad and depressed constantly because it will destroy you. Like, it's just torture. So eventually, um, your more libidinous side comes out and, uh, and wants to sniff around in all the wrong places. So, I've been sniffing around. I can't tell if that's a healthy thing or not, but it's happening, and um, I'm just curious about what's out there in the world. And it's nice to have a bit of a distraction, because focusing 
on what's wrong in your life, although it can lead to spiritual growth, can be very taxing. And uh, I'm only human, guys. I'm only human. And also, you know, I'm, I'm creating a lot of art right now. A lot of art. Making this podcast is very positive. That, that is very helpful. So I'm going to, with this episode, you know, put all these dark, heartbroken feelings into my art instead of just, you know, having people put it into me. Right? Right. And for the record, I would rather not be in this stage that I'm in. I would much rather have had my relationship work out and figured that out and made that work. But that's not my reality. The cookie has crumbled a different way. So finding yourself single again is always jarring. Always. Um, And in 2019, being single, it's the Wild West, you guys. Like, wow, I forgot how crazy it is out there. Instagram is the Wild West. This uh, sliding into a person's DMs, that's a thing now. And uh, I'm, I'm finding out firsthand what that's all about. It's so weird, you know, like a guy or guys will write to you that you haven't talked to in like four years. And they'll just write to him and be like, hey, what's up? Like, we don't talk. What do you mean, what's up? We don't talk. What, am I supposed to fill you in on the last four years? And then you'll be like, oh, well, I don't know, and not much, this, that, this, the other. Oh, I went through a breakup. And they always do this. They always do the, um, what? Really? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, my God. Really? You had no idea? Why are we talking right now? I I don't know. I... <laughs> I don't like the game of it all. It's it's very weird. The whole process is weird and unromantic and late at night. I don't know. So, I don't know if I'm into it. I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. I guess it depends who's writing. Anyways, this episode is all about being romantic. And if I'm going to share, I... Uh, I should err on the side of positivity. Like I said at the beginning, I'm a hopeless romantic. I am. That's probably why I'm so miserable in love. That's why. It's because uh, the realistic muscle is not being exercised in my brain as often as it should be. And uh, I jump in vulnerably and with my whole heart into things. It is my greatest strength and my greatest weakness all at once. So in honor of this episode and in honor of the part of myself that wants to be open again someday, I'm going to share something positive from my last relationship because... That's what I would like to hold on to. And for better or for worse, whether it's good or bad, when you're going through a breakup, your mind often focuses on all the wonderful things that were there. Even if the ending was so sour, 
your mind gravitates towards the sweet. So I'm going to tell a little story about just something cute that always stuck with me when I first met my last boyfriend. The first night we met was at a Christmas party at a theater company. And I knew of him, but I didn't know him personally. And we were both uh, tipsy when we met and had great conversations. And those great conversations led to uh, drunkenly getting chicken McNuggets at the McDonald's nearby. And that led to more conversations and drunkenly getting into a cab that only made one stop that evening. Uh, and it took me to that gentleman's apartment where we talked some more. And I remember he put on a playlist of music that I, I don't know, clearly he'd never made a seduction playlist and this had not been something he was expecting to happen. Uh, I remember chatting with him and getting to know him that evening and being very attracted to him and hearing um, Taylor Swift's Shake It Off suddenly come on and him being very embarrassed and explaining that it was a workout mix, which that only made more questions. I, I was really surprised to hear that Taylor Swift was on his workout mix. Um, and of course, we talked and talked and talked and that led to, you know, nice x-rated nice things uh and then more talking and it was clear very quickly that we both had a connection and really liked each other and the next morning uh something very funny happened we had of course fallen asleep after staying up all night and he lived in this apartment building this apartment building, they were crazy. I don't even understand how the management could do this to the tenants of this apartment so often, but they would have fire drills, like, monthly. Like, once a month, they would have a fire drill. And they would always do it on, like, a Saturday or Sunday morning at 6 or 7 a.m. Crazy. <laughs> like, what? Uh, and they would always leave a note in advance to tell you, hey, this Saturday, we're going to wake you up at 6 a.m. And this wasn't just a regular fire alarm. Like, it wasn't like a the traditional elementary school, you have to go outside type of fire alarm sound. It was like the loudest screeching, like, like really awful really awful sound and it hurt your ears like your ears actually hurt if you didn't plug them with your fingers and um this is the first night over at this guy's house and i am woken up first thing in the morning with this crazy sound and i like screamed and my eyes opened like wide saucers and I took a huge gasp of air, like I was terrified. And I just remember um, the guy that was my boyfriend. Um, 
he his eyes were looking right back at me in the bed and he immediately put his fingers in my ears so that I wouldn't hear the sound and then he was mouthing to me something like it's a fire alarm and I couldn't hear him but I could see him trying to take control of the situation and calm me down and I just remember not being able to hear anything he was saying and have both my ears covered and look at his face and just have rose-colored glasses on like it was the most perfect thing and uh anyways that's cute but the even cuter part of it is that it became kind of an inside joke over our relationship any time that um an ambulance or a fire truck or any car with a siren went by on the street we would both stop on the sidewalk and we would each put our fingers in each other's ears we looked like crazy people but we did it every time and uh yeah i'll always uh i'll always remember that whoo oh good <laughs> the healing has already begun guys that lump in my throat can you hear it i can i can feel it yeah anyways guys there's clearly a part of me that still believes in love or i wouldn't be smiling right now all right time to jump in to the quote of the episode Searching for a quote about love is so hard because there are so many amazing quotes about love. Like, this was the hardest quote to pick for an episode so far. Like, I just wish I could have an episode where I read you 20 quotes on love. They're so beautiful. But what helped me pick was deciding that I would pick a quote that resonated with where I'm at with love right now. And this quote resonates with me because I'm in a dark place. The quote is by the actor, writer, director, producer, the amazing Orson Welles. I know, you're thinking, what? (laughs) He's the one with the romantic quote? Here's his quote. We're born alone, we live alone, we die alone. Only through our love and friendship can we create the illusion for the moment that we're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's true and terrifying. And um, I told you I would get existential, guys. That's the next stage of the breakup. Existentialism. All right. We're going to jump into some stories now, and it's going to get lighthearted because we started kind of rocky, but now we're going to get real sugary sweet with an adorable meat cute story about a romance that never was, not in this lifetime anyways, but it's still so sugary sweet. Enjoy.
I'm sitting here with Kelsey Falconer. <laughs> She's an actress, a wonderful, very talented actress. You're like a musical theater actress, yes, aren't I you? Yes, I am, yeah. She's great pipes. And uh, <laughs> we met like a year or two ago doing yeah. a McDonald's commercial. Yes. Where we were just cute, young, uh, hopeful 20-somethings eating french fries. Yep, pretty that, much. That was us. And so we don't know each other super well, but you have... A fantastic story for our romancy theme today. <laughs> it's the perfect um, meet cute story, which for listeners that don't know, uh, a meet cute is that thing in the romantic comedy that you're watching where um, two people, you know, they bump into each other or there's just some sort of adorable scene of the first time these characters meet. You two don't end up together, but it's still a great story. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So tell me, take me there. Yeah, sure. So I was living in Scotland at the time. I was studying there. And it was a, I remember it was a school night. It was late. And I was struggling to have a bowel movement, pretty much. Uh, oh, you were Yeah, constipated? so I, I, I was. I was constipated. Um, <laughs> okay. Something I've struggled with uh, for a lot of my life, to be completely candid. But, uh, so yeah, having a bit of difficulty and I decide at around 9.30 at night, I'm in my pajamas, there's a grocery store right underneath my apartment building. So I was like, okay, I'll go get some prune juice. Maybe that will finally help me. So I go down in my pajamas looking rough as ever and I get this prune juice and on my way back, I am waiting for the elevator and there's this very attractive male what did he look like uh, he was just you know he wasn't that tall I'm very short so he was a bit taller than me but he was just beautiful face blue eyes brown hair I, just, he was just, just a good looking just guy. a good looking guy I think anyone would agree that he were was you single looking. I wasn't single though yes okay, so, okay. yes I know All so right. I took note I was like wow okay here we go and then I we kind of are casually talking waiting for the elevator and he mentions that he's he's just visiting a friend, so he doesn't live in the building. And then I remember that I'm holding prune juice. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't see. So I kind of turn it so that he doesn't see the label. And then we kind of pause, not really talking. Then he asks me, what are you drinking? So I pause awkwardly, not knowing what to say, not sure if I should lie. But then I didn't want to lie because... What if he then looked at it? It was pretty obvious that it was prune juice. So I just decided to awkwardly tell him, oh, I'm drinking prune juice. Again, pause. He doesn't say anything for a little bit. I am probably blush. I'm so embarrassed. And then he asks me, you bunged up? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, just so many awkward pauses in this story. I It's the international think- drink for... It, like, what a way yeah. to telegraph someone that you are bunged up. Yeah, exactly. Than prune juice. Oh my gosh, yes. So I, again, don't know what to say. Don't know how much detail I should go into. And then I decide, okay, fuck it. I will just uh, go and tell him the whole story. So I just basically start talking about my current situation and my lack of pooping. So I well, tell you st- him. You start telling him about your digestive issues? Yeah, fully. I'm just Kelsey. like, you know what? You know what? I have struggled for this for a long time. <laughs> no. And I just, I really, I've always struggled with constipation. Oh, and no. here we are. So he kind of giggles. I'm embarrassed. Don't know how he's going to react. Then he tells me that he's a doctor. 
I'm like, what? No, you're not. He's like, yeah. Why? Just I to. Am. Why did this surprise you that he was a doctor? Just I don't know. Young I just, and attractive. Like, yes, how are you already? I he, yeah, exactly. I was like, how old are you? Um, but. And I guess I just don't really run into many doctors, I guess. I'm such a theater person that just meeting a doctor, I was like, oh, yeah, wow, okay. So he tells me he's a doctor and then starts giving me advice and asking me questions, very intimate questions about my bowel movements or the lack thereof. Oh, my and God. And starts asking me even about the consistency. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we got into some pretty intense detail and... Yeah, so I just answer. We end up having a conversation almost as if we're in like the doctor's office. And it was weird because we were talking about my poo, but it was kind of flirty at the same time. Like I didn't know how to feel about the situation. <laughs> and we're in the elevator by this point and I we're talking and I feel really connected to him even though we're talking about my poop. It was so strange. And then I'm like, okay, well, thank you for your help. I get off at my floor. I go into my, my room and I say to my roommate, I just had the weirdest experience because I just met this guy. All we did was talk about my poop. And, but I feel like he's going to come knock on the door or something. Like, I feel like I'm in a rom-com. It's so strange. Um, he didn't, but I told my roommate all about it. Uh-huh. And then the next morning... My roommate goes to leave before me. So she goes out, runs back in. She's like, Kelsey, oh my God, you have to come out here. So I I come out to see what she's talking about. And he had left a note taped to the elevator that said, prune juice, girl. If you ever fancy a different kind of drink, give me a call. Ricardo. And his number. Ricardo. Ricardo, wow. So I'm freaking out. It's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't think I've ever been given a number before. So I'm like, maybe this is the key. I need to talk about my poop. You and then publicly posted calling you prune juice girl. I know. It's half flirty, half shamey. Because we all know what that means. Yeah. But that that's very smooth. I like it. I know. I was like, oh my goodness. So I had his number. And honestly, the first thing I did was like take a photo of it and send it to my boyfriend. He's like, look at this. This is amazing. He laughed. It was so funny. So I, <laughs> he laughed. He did. Tears rolled down his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he thought it was. He thought it was hilarious. So he says. But uh, I end up texting Ricardo, and I say, "Wow, I am so flattered. That was. I'm gonna keep this note forever. Um, but I'm unfortunately not single. And he's. And I forget what he said, but he. Um, you know what? He said something like. Oh, I should say, I could say, like, because I'm a doctor, be in your best interest health-wise to, like, come for a drink with me or something like that. And then he's like, but I won't say that, even though he obviously just had said it. (laughs) Non-stop smoothness. Yeah, so I said, you know what? Um, I was kind of feeling like, when do you ever meet people like that? And I I don't really have any experience like that before, so... So if you were single, if you had been single... Mm -hmm. Would that have done the trick? Would you have gone on a date with that guy? I think so. Well, we ended up, I texted him and I, and I ended up, we meet, we met for coffee. We met for coffee. Oh we girl, did. you're playing with fire. I know. Well, I said, I was like, you know what? I'm not available, but I'd love just to continue to talk with you and meet with you. And I just, you know, all my friends were from school and I just had never met someone randomly in the elevator before. So we went for coffee and it was super innocent. It was lovely. And honestly, there wasn't actually that much of a connection between us in the end it was like it was for a couple hours and we just chatted about random stuff um we had a lot of similar interests but 
Yeah, I mean, I was dating some at the time, and we didn't exchange like Facebook or Instagram or anything it's like just that. Just existed in that moment. Yeah, I don't know his last name. No idea where he is now. I don't even have that phone because that was my UK phone. I would not be able to contact him now if I could. But you'll remember that probably forever. Oh, I still have the note. It's on my fridge. I'm, really? I take so much pride That's in it. That's so for funny. For sure, yeah. And now, like, you know, you are, you're recently married, aren't you? Are I am. Are you a newlywed? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Is that the boyfriend who... It is. Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, there yeah. you go. So <laughs> in another universe, your your poos are great and you're with a doctor. But in this Ricardo, universe, yeah. you're with uh, a fellow actor. I am, yes. And it's lovely, I'm guessing, how's married life? It's great. You know, it's not much different than not married life, so yeah. Sounds romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Your story is is so lighthearted, and mm-hmm. we need that in this world mm-hmm. right now. Um, thank you for being on the show, Kelsey. I'm so happy to have done it. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the panel discussion. I'm really excited because I'm sitting with a, a couple that has embodied true love. I'm sitting with Andrew Fung and Tamara Sharp Fung. Yeah. They're married. She, has, she didn't take the last name, so don't, don't even. Don't even. Oh, just wait. It's the oh last name on Facebook. Oh, his last name on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, now you know how to find her, listeners. Nice. Um, Andrew Fung is uh, an old friend of mine. We used to improvise together. We still do. Yes. Um, and he has uh, risen to great success <laughs> on the CBC hit comedy show Kim's Convenience, playing the character of Kimchi. Yes. 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 Right? That, that, that's your big claim to fame. Yes, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, very funny and lovely. And he is married to the amazing, effervescent, beautiful Tamara. Oh, you're so sweet. Tam was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And now she's doing the full-time mom thing. I am. You guys have two boys? Two boys, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. To be fair, all moms are full-time moms. Yeah. Oh no. And all dads are full time dads. I see. <laughs> oh my god. I'm already stepping in. But, it. but also, but you know, I do say uh, uh, we're not originally from Toronto, so we moved, we moved from Calgary to Toronto and, yes. uh, for, for my career. And it's, uh, it's an interesting point now where, Tam, you get to discover what your next career is and whether that's teaching or. Something else. Something else. Yeah. And we've talked about that and you have mm-hmm. big ideas, and I'm excited to see what yeah. you do next, too. I don't even know. Oh my goodness! I don't know yet. You, you don't have to know because I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm stressed not knowing, and so like I'm, I'm like I'm stressed not knowing in my life. So like for you to like to have, to have something stable, yeah, right now, yeah. And so it's just for you to like to explore, but like where better to explore than Toronto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this kind of positivity is what true love is made of. <laughs> Let, listen to all the support here. I, there's no, there's no contempt. There's nothing angry. There's just complete support from one another, which is why I picked you guys as the couple that I wanted on this episode. Because this episode is all about romance and love, and you guys truly embody a great connection. How many years have you guys been a couple? Almost 14. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, in June it will be 14 years together and six years of being married. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. A long time. Long time. Wow. Yeah. And I was at your wedding. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, you were almost was... at our proposal. 
I just missed it. You I just missed it. Yeah, you came a few minutes later, I think. They videoed the proposal. It's on YouTube. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I am I but, showed up three minutes after it happened. And as 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 we were celebrating, Lindsay walks to your front door and says, I missed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I made it about me. Yeah. because uh, that's what that day was about. So guys, um, I have to hear I love this story. I know the story, but the audience really should hear how you guys met each other because it's very silly and very it's cute. Funny. Yeah, and I think I think we're in a way one of the last generations that will meet this way. Yeah, like mm. like like in a world of, of online dating now, no app apps for this story. There's no app. no app. And I remember when we first started dating, text messaging like just started, mm-hmm. and so like it was it was a time where on cell phones you had to delete text messages because your phone could only hold a hundred text messages, mm-hmm. and you had to type like with the the numeric oh, typing. Right. So it was like if like you, flip phones. Yeah, if you texted a word, you committed to that word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you or if you wrote, if you. If you auto-predicted the wrong word, it was like a solid 20 seconds of you going back and rewriting it. Uh, so you guys met at a nightclub, right? Yeah. Yeah, Outlaws nightclub. So it wasn't Cowboys, which is what Calgary's known for, or Ranchman's, which is like the big cowboy bar. Outlaws was like the third-rate uh, country bar that tried to be like a hip-hop bar some nights. Uh, and I went down for my friend's uh, birthday party. Yeah, and I was there with a group of my friends. How old um, were you guys? I was 21. I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were both not really into the bar scene. I wasn't, at least. I don't think you really were either. I think think at the age of 21, I think I had had enough. I had like a solid two years of going to the bar. I was done by age 19. (laughs) I just didn't like it anymore. (laughs) But you guys Um, aren't much of drinkers anyway. No, we're not. Um, Yeah, so I was just there with a group of my friends. I wasn't planning on going, and they convinced me to come out, so I did. And... Andrew and I have a mutual friend named Raquel, and she was there with Andrew's group of friends. And Andrew saw that I was talking with Raquel, and he... I was like, damn, who's that girl? Because, <laughs> like, I I remember seeing Tam and just, like, right away, like, being, like, noticing her smile, and she seemed, like, so down to earth. And I don't know, I don't know how people feel, but when you go to a nightclub, I feel like everyone has, like, or a lot of people have this, like, has this, like, fuck you face. You know, like, they're trying to be really cool in nightclub. Yeah. Dudes look super, super douchey. And jacked. Jacked. And, like... and then girls sometimes give off this vibe of, like, don't talk to me. I'm here to, to dance. And I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like the nightclub is just this world of just friction. Um, but I, when I saw Tam, I was like, oh, she just seems so cool, uh, so easygoing. And I, I, I wanted to, to, to chat with her. But did I? I maybe I don't remember it correctly. But wasn't there some sort of um, little performance you put on oh, for yeah. her to impress so, her? So like, I, I always feel like good memory. <laughs> it's the best part of yeah. the story. Well, I feel like I feel like uh, uh, my greatest skills are 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 is my abilities. Uh, and so my ability. <laughs> your greatest to, skills are your skills. Yeah, my skills. Like, <laughs> like, like, like my greatest skills are like things I can do. I guess that's the definition of skills. I let me rephrase that. But like, I, I, I'm a, I think highly of my dance skills, which aren't great, but I think they're wonderful. And uh, I think there's like Jamiroquai song came on, um, and 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 you're on the dance floor with your friends. I think we had been introduced briefly. And uh, I, I was trying to like show off my dance moves, and they were really good. They were really good. Thank you. Love is blind. And Thank then, you. Uh, <laughs> That's what that proves. <laughs> and Andrew 
No, well, I guess I didn't either, but somebody, I guess, had spilt their drink on the floor. And how would you know? Kind of where, where you're we not, you're, were. You're not in a club. You're not looking at no. the floor. No. You don't know. You're and, supposed to dance. Yeah. You're supposed to dance. And in the middle of his his great moves, he just slipped on the floor. And but it like was, legs yeah, up in the air. It was like, so really? Like, yeah, like, it was so funny. Yeah, feet in the yeah. air, land on my back. But then he just got up and he continued dancing and he, he like danced away a little bit. Yeah, I, I was on the floor and I said, I have two choices. I can get up and leave and just suck it up. Or I could or I could get up and just say, you know what? I did that. That happened. I'm yeah. going to dance my shame. And I got up and danced my shame. And I play, I tried to play it off, though I was broken on the inside. Um, and you seem like you, you were impressed by that. Like you mm-hmm. enjoyed that. And it didn't phase me. I was trying to show up. But inside, I... Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was a, it was a rough time inside. Um... And then we, 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 we kind of departed that night. And I remember the next day, like, calling my our friend Raquel and just saying, like, uh, I, 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 can you please, like, can we set something up? Can we set something mutual? Like, can you invite her out bowling or something? And um, that's what that's what happened. And we went bowling. And I uh, we, I chatted you up that night. <laughs> and you showed me your good bowling skills. Bowling skills. Skills. Yeah. skills. <laughs> I feel like this this our relationship is advocates for people having strong skills. Yes. Okay. Because that's how you sh- that's how you impress the other person. <laughs> skills. <laughs> and this is mating one hundred and one yeah. with Andrew Fung. Yeah, it's not just about looks, but skills as well. Skills. Uh, and then I asked for your phone number. Yeah, we went to Bo- did we go to Boston Pizza that night after? Yeah, and you were leaving like, and I walked with you a out. group of friends. Yeah. Yeah, and I asked for your number, and you gave it to me, and oh, and now I'm thinking about this now. I remember calling you and you saying, hey, I don't have enough minutes on my phone. Oh, I know. Can we MSN? Yeah. Can yeah. we MSN? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because this is when I had... Um, pay as you go. Pay as you go phone. Like, so, so long ago. <laughs> and I didn't want to end the conversation. I didn't Aww. want to just hang up on him. So we, lo- we hopped on to MSN. <laughs> MSN, you yeah. guys. Wow. And so, and I, yeah, I feel like our relationship is like the tail end of like... MSNing, pay as you go, yeah. te- the beginning of the rise of text messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, That's beautiful, yeah. guys. Yeah. That's such a lovely story. And I can, I can uh, advocate for you guys for sure because I knew Andrew from the Loose Moose Theater Company and every weekend Andrew would perform and Tam, so loyal, so loving, <laughs> this is so adorable, he would get her her seat in the audience before anybody else. She would get her special spot. She liked to sit. I'd come bug her and chat with you her before the show. We just had our chats. We'd have our fun times. <laughs> I loved talking to Tam. And he would be so, such a gentleman. He'd come over and, and ask her, you know, yo, baby, what do you want to drink? <laughs> and he always starts sentences with, yo, baby. And sometimes he'd yell, yo, baby, look at this. And then he would dance. And then she, Tam does her thing where she goes, that's very good, Andrew. <laughs> and, and it was just like, you guys support each other so much. And I've never met a couple that understood each other so harmoniously as you two. Oh, that's it's nice. Really, it's really quite a beautiful thing to watch. Thank and I mean you. that sincerely. Oh, um, so that being said, yeah. we now get to play... A little game. And okay. I know you guys love games. Love, love games. games. You guys, yeah. Tam, a game. Yes. Games yeah. night. Yeah. You guys are the, the king, queen of games night. 
So since you guys are big fans of games, yes. I've created a game to see how well you two know each other. Okay. Okay. Um, and so we'll have five question practice round just to warm up your brain. Okay. okay. <laughs> no points, just, just, you know, for fun. All right. And I'll tell the audience what I see. And then we will have five questions and we'll see who knows the other one better. I'll, I'll keep track. <laughs> okay. 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 So uh, warm up round. Just point at either yourself or the other person. Okay. It's a game of most likely to. Okay. okay. All right? Question number one. The person most likely to make a mess and not clean it up. They both pointed at Andrew. There was no hesitation <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, question two. Most likely to get teary-eyed in a movie. Oh, they both pointed at Tam. <laughs> oh, oh. I do cry. I, I do have some emotion in movies. You yeah. do. Yeah, that's why I, yeah. I was curious. Yeah. I'm an emotional person, but Tam does, you cry. All you, the time. You, you cry, I remember you cried at, uh, there's a, a, a music video for Nickelback. And oh my she, God. You and cried used, at a music video for Nickelback? It would rock her. And it was a, it's like the song that's was like, it? uh, uh, you, I want it. I want it's you a sad all video. I don't even know. It's like, like firefighter yeah. who fights a fire. Oh, where yeah. she doesn't think he's coming home. And then she, Tam literally said to me, she's like, I wonder if it's going to be a movie. And I'm like, you just saw the whole thing in the video. I didn't video. realize that it was from a movie. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Tam cries a lot. <laughs> yeah. Question three. Most likely to seduce the other person. Oh, they both pointed at Andrew. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> That's did some, easy. I did some seduction last night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, question four. Most likely to go overboard on spending when Christmas shopping. Andrew again. Yeah. Yeah. I love... You guys You guys haven't, you know, uh, disagreed on any no. of these. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the last one. Most likely to apologize first in a fight. Tam. So easy. Yeah. Tam, they yeah. both pointed at Tam. <laughs> Tam, you're big. You're like, I will apologize if it's my fault. I'm of course. Very, yes, if it's my fault, I'm very quick to apologize. Tam is not a pushover, people. <laughs> yes, she's not. That's great. Okay, good. All right, now, okay. now for points. Okay. okay. All right. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Your pen and paper ready. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see how well you guys know each other and who who is... The winner of this relationship because <laughs> there can only be, be one, one. Yes. <laughs> question number one not where you first met but where was the location of your first official date just the two of you okay yeah um, they're writing they're thinking okay okay we have answers you have yours all right um yeah. Andrew, yeah. Where? what is your answer? Uh, Wicked Wedge and Eau Claire for Frisbee. Wicked Wedge. And I look over and Tam has also written yeah. Wicked Wedge Eau Claire. <laughs> All right. That's a pizza place in Eau Claire Market in Calgary. It was on 17th Avenue. Yeah. It's no longer with us. Rest in peace. Okay. Great. That's a point for each of you. Okay. Thank you. Question number two. The both of you go to a restaurant and you sit down and you each order a drink. What is is the other person most likely to order at a restaurant for okay. their drink? Got it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, we got it? Okay, yeah. Andrew, what would Tam order? She'd order a Diet Pepsi, but if she was feeling it, a Bellini. Tam, what did you say? 
uh, it would either be a Coke Zero or a Diet Pepsi or a Diet Coke. So you know what? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's, I'll give that point. Yeah. All right. And Andrew, uh, what? Oh no, Tam. Yeah. What would you think that Andrew would order? The same thing: Coke Zero, Diet Pepsi, or Diet Coke. Andrew. Same thing. Oh. <gasps> same thing. Oh my goodness! All right, so you each get a point yeah. for that one. Good job. We're doing so good. You guys are doing so good. I think you'll stay married. <laughs> Uh, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Question number three. What is the other person's biggest fear or phobia? Fear Ooh. or phobia. Um, that's a good one. This is a really good one. Uh, fear or phobia. I don't even know what mine is, though. I think I have yours. I think I know yours, and you don't even know it. Okay. All right. We have answers. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Tam, mm-hmm. what do you think Andrew's biggest fear or phobia is? I, I'm going to say failing. Oh, wow. That's, too, that's very real. <laughs> that yeah. got so real. Yeah. Can I agree with you on that? <laughs> I, failing. Okay. Uh, Andrew, what, what is your greatest fear or phobia? I wrote down ghosts. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Ghosts. Yeah. What? We do. Yeah. We yeah. we talk Double about ghosts. ghosts. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go. I guess I was going a bit deeper. Yeah. All right. Wow. <laughs> I I agree more with with Tam. Um, Andrew. Yeah. What is Tam's biggest fear or phobia? Holes in wood or table. Oh, oh, what? I'm sorry. Like like holes in like in wood or like a wood table. Holes in okay, wood? Okay, no, no, it's, it's not it, just holes it in wood. It's just like holes in like things. So there's like flowers. There's specific type of flowers that have like Tam. holes in them. They're so Tam, did weird. you write this That's down? That's not what I wrote, but that is Because that doesn't one. sound like a fear. Um, I wrote bees though. Bees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which could live in yeah. the holes of wood. Oh, okay, so, so gross. You have to see pictures of this stuff after. So neither of you got that <laughs> no. one. That's all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're still at 2-2. Two, two. That's the yeah. score. Okay. All right. Question four. What article of clothing do you have that you know will earn you a compliment from your partner whenever you wear it? So basically, okay. the article of clothing you think is the other person's favorite to see on you. Hmm. That's also a good question. I know mine. I know mine and yours. <laughs> the confidence um, is unreal. I like all of Andrew's clothes. She does. <laughs> Andrew always looks so good. Okay. Okay, Andrew. Yeah. What what article do you think uh Tam likes seeing on you? I, I she'll always comment my sneakers. I wrote all of your clothes. <laughs> That's a, you can't do that. I compliment you every day you on do. how well you, you look. Oh, yeah. well, it's usually my sneakers. Yeah, I like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and uh, Tam. Yeah. What What do you think is the article of clothing that gets Andrew all horned up and excited? Andrew likes like jumpsuits or rompers or like overalls <laughs> so they're all kind of in the same category it's all right. like kind of in the same category okay so that's what i would say like those items of clothing black, black jumper yeah andrew wrote down black jumper what okay that's that's so andrew can have that point. andrew that's has fair. the point 
That's and very ego boosts. All right. So right now, currently, Andrew three points, mm-hmm. Tam two, and mm-hmm. we have a final question. I'm also the the, the decisive one. That's really. I know. I know. Final, final question number five. What was the date of the day the two of you got engaged? Ooh, I know this one. The day that Andrew popped <laughs> the question. Um, got it. <clears throat> Tam looks so confident. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I know this. <laughs> oh my God, they might tie. We might tie. Do we do a tiebreaker? Lindsay <laughs> was prepared for a tiebreaker. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Okay. All right, Tam. Yeah. You know what? Uh, let's let's go with Tam because she's more confident. Yeah. Tam, what was the date that you got engaged? We got engaged on June thirtieth, two thousand and eleven. Oh. <gasps> Andrew, please tell me you're in the same calendar year. <laughs> I wrote down May 3rd. Of what? Oh, I, I didn't know it was a year. It was the day before Canada, Canada Day. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was thinking long. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Long weekend. And it was, yeah, it was two years before we got married. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's my good. God. Congrats, Cam. <laughs> that means that you guys tied 3-3. How hey. perfect is that's? Hey, we're equal. 50-50. <laughs> Isn't that what we want? No one wants to yeah. win this game. We win. We are. We won. We won because we had a good time. Yes. With you, Lindsay. Oh my God, that yeah. was amazing. You guys, thank you for being on the show and playing the game and uh, being such charming, lovely people. Is there anything you'd like to promote or let our listeners know about how they can find more of you in the world? I don't think you need to find more of me in the world. I feel like I've saturated the market. I do feel like Andrew's face is at every TTC bus stop, and I could do with a little less. But I was being pleasant. I was being nice. It's, it's very nice of you. And Andrew Fung's out there. If you just Google him, it'll be the only thing that comes up. I, 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 this thing happened the other day where, like, uh, my mom sent me a picture of... Uh, oh, no, no, my mom, uh, our neighbor sent us a newspaper article out in Calgary. And it was the picture of the Backstreet Boys. And then right above it was Andrew Fung. And I'm like, how? How is this even a thing? And I'm judging a comedy contest uh, coming up in for CBC. Mm-hmm. And it's up there. And I'm just like, I need to chill out. I need to like, I need to not be in people's face. I feel like, I feel like people are just like, fuck that guy. He's everywhere. Um, so I'm trying to ease up. So uh, people, <laughs> you know, go on. There's other, there's other talented So you're, you're trying to ease up by doing my podcast. You 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 asked me. It's a very you, popular podcast. And you kept saying Andrew and Tam, you two embody love. I would love to have you on the podcast. And how how do I say no to Lindsay Mullen, someone who we've known for so long, and someone who is such in such a dark place right now? Thanks for listening, listeners. I'm so happy you could join us. Thanks, Andrew and Tam. Bye bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> I'm chatting with Jake Goldman. Uh, he is a comedian and has worked on many great cartoons such as The Powerpuff Girls and Futurama. Hi, Jake. Hey, it's me. It's going good. And I'm I'm sort of with you right now. We're we're actually um, talking over Skype right now. Yeah, different ends of the 
of the continent. The continent. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, but this is the future. This is great. Thank you for making time. Um, oh no, sure. I couldn't miss your story because your story, your story is like adolescent perfection. That is, <laughs> that is what this story is. It's perfect. Uh, launch right in. Take us to the time, the place. Okay, uh, so this takes place uh, a long time ago now in the magical world of uh, the Berkshires Mountains in Massachusetts. Uh, I was 13 years old, and um, I w- was attending this uh, sleepaway camp, uh, which I did since I was 10 years old. The easiest way to describe it to people is it was a lot like Wet Hot American Summer, only without like any of the aliens or anything like that. Like what you imagine life at a sleepaway camp is, that's what it was. How old were you? Uh, I started when I was 10, but this story takes place when I was 13. I'm about to go into high school. I'm freshly bar mitzvahed, so I am <laughs> a man. Okay. Uh, and I... So something that happens uh, every so often, you know, you're there for like eight weeks and something that they talk about is like there is time and then there's like camp time. And when you're in camp time because you're with people like every single day, time kind of like stretches out a little bit. So uh, a couple weeks can feel like a lifetime. Yeah, especially when you're 13. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I show up and it's like a new summer, a new thing and and pleasantly surprised there's a whole bunch of new faces this summer something that happened a lot during the 90s is sleepaway camps uh would shut down and then they would basically feed into whatever camp was still open so this was one summer where we just got an influx of a whole bunch of new people and uh you know as a bunch of uh we'll say new girls as well (laughs) And I was at the age when I was kind of really starting to notice them. However, I had not quite refined my um, my ability to talk to uh, women or in general, really, to anything. Well, and, um, and that's amazing because you're like a real Don Juan now, right? I, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that's true. Yes, possibly. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Already, I think I'm showing that I'm not. No, you're great. Uh, You're great. I'm just teasing. (laughs) Keep going. So, um, yeah, my idea of kind of like of flirting was just like showing how much like heavy stuff I could lift. I could be like, look at me carry this bench. Oh, my God. I was... I was a very scrawny kid. In fact, I used to do this comedy bit in my family where I would do this like excessive celebration touchdown dance. And because I was just mostly skin and bones, it just looked ridiculous and with a lot of like Hulk Hogan style flexing. Uh, so already the summer was not off to the greatest start. One of the new uh, people who showed up was a girl named Olivia Kukier. Already I just love that you use full names in this. It makes it really seem like... I don't know. It, it's so camp to me. It, it really is so camp. Yeah. So uh, it was Olivia's first summer and uh, I was very smitten, like incredibly so. Um, unbeknownst to me, however, the power brokers of sleepaway camp being in our rival girls bunk had already laid out their plans as to who was going to date who. 
And so I did what I think anyone would do is I went to my best friend at camp, Joe Schwartz, and uh, his girlfriend, because I was like, well, they're a happy couple, so they must know. And I was like, what do I do if I like like someone? And, you know, you don't want to, like, show your hand. You don't want to, like, tell anybody that, like, you like them at this stage. And they're like, oh, well, who is it? What are you thinking? And all this stuff. And I... I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I, I think I have a crush on Olivia and, uh, I was informed that that was a mistake because the power brokers had already decided that instead I was to be dating, uh, Danny Haber. Okay. Uh, Daniel Haber actually remains one of my closest friends in the world today and has been in a relationship with, uh, my other like best friend Don for nearly 20 years. So at least they were like onto something that there would be like some sort of like kinship with Danny Haber. But Danny and I, there was never any sort of chemistry, but we had kind of already been like sort of like shoved together. And what's more, they informed me that Olivia had been practically earmarked for Matt Mazurvi. Matt Mazurvi. Okay. Matt and for all the things that I was not, Matt was. <laughs> Matt was an amazing athlete. He's a good-looking guy. He could, like, he was funny. He was confident. He was, like, uh, he, he, was, he was just a great dude. And, again, another guy I was, like, kind of, like, really good friends with. Um, but if you had to tell me, like, to pick between two of them, if I had to pick between me and Matt, I would pick Matt. He was just like, he felt to me like the sort of thing that someone like Olivia would want. Right. I don't, this is just like, it was as if this is what everyone had told me and it was like the way of the world and like there was nothing that I could do about it. So the first Sunday night dance comes around. We would do these Sunday night socials. Every Sunday night they were in the appropriately named social hall and these are like you know some counselors pulling out his like sugar ray cds and you're just sort of like you know awkwardly dancing among you know kids who don't even know how to do really anything uh-huh. and so i decide to take one more like big step and i pull matt Mazurvi aside and i go hey matt you're my friend you're so great with girls um can i ask your advice and he's like jake dude whatever you just, yeah, of course. And I go, I have a crush on somebody and I don't really know what to do. And he's like, just relax, be yourself. Who's the girl? And I go, well, I have a crush on Olivia Kukier. And I will never forget the look on Matt Mazurvi's face when he did not even say anything back. There was no words. He just took his thumb and pointed at his chest, oh tilted his head and smiled as if to say, she's, she's mine. Oh my she's- God. That's so alpha. That's so intense. Yeah. And like, again, this is your friend and you're just like, I don't, oh God, I don't know. Like, so I went, oh, all right. Well, you know, cool. All that I knew then was that it was not official yet. In the like summer camp terms, they had not held hands for the first time or done anything. It hadn't been like announced like it was this Downton Abbey thing because that's kind of like how summer camp almost works. Yeah, like 
once people know that you're in a relationship, everybody knows. There's not that many people there. There's no phones. There's no internet. It is just you on the side of a lake in a wooden cabin. Like, everyone is in each other's shit. So I knew that while Matt Mazzurvi and Olivia Kukier were not together, they would be together by the end of the night. This was the social. That is when stuff would happen. And if it didn't happen tonight, it would happen later in the night when, so something that would happen a lot at sleepaway camp is we would do these things called raids. Um, so boys camp is on one side of the camp and girls camp is on the other. And in the middle of the night, the boys would sneak out of their cabin and go to the girls cabin. And you would do it at like three in the morning in the complete dark and try to like sneak across in whatever like black outfit you have thinking like someone is going to catch you. No one is going to catch you. Um, but I knew that like, if I didn't say anything, if I didn't do anything, uh, this girl, the first girl that I had ever really like had ever like made my heart a flutter or do anything. I knew that she would just be gone forever. And you know, that might sound overdramatic, but again, I'm 13 years old and this is sleepaway camp. <laughs> right. Uh, and so now me and Olivia and Matt Mazzurvi and Joe and Danielle were all like crammed into the corner, hanging out, not dancing to no diggity and <laughs> just being whatever. Um, and Olivia notices that I'm quiet and that I'm not talking. And her and Matt are like sitting next to each other and it is tight on this bench. So they are so close together that they are practically like mushed together. Matt is almost on top of her. Like they're one unit. They're one organism kind of thing. And they're looking across the circle at me, both of them. And Olivia is like, Jake, what's wrong? And I being overdramatic, just go, you don't want to know. <laughs> And she's like, well, I do. Now, everybody here, because no secrets ever remain secret for long, Matt Mazzurvi knows exactly what's happening. Joe and Danny, they, everybody kind of knows exactly what's happening or they can sense what's about to come. And all the like power brokers are just seeing this car crash about to come. And I literally just let all the cats out of the bag. And I go, look, you want to know what's wrong? Uh, I have a crush on you. I think you're amazing, but apparently I'm not supposed to be with you, and Matt supposedly is, and I think you should actually be my girlfriend and not his, and you know what? Like, that's, I, I just think this is all stupid. You could hear a pin drop, or you could if No Diggity was not playing at the time, <laughs> but, you know, in my mind, everyone was suddenly staring at me and staring daggers, and I go... Uh, I'll, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll just leave. And I turn it and I leave and I'm going to like, I don't know, walk back alone to my bunk and try to write poetry or something that you do. But Olivia chases after me and she grabs me by the shoulder and she's like, stop. And I'm like, well, what? And she goes, well, did you mean what you said? I'm like, yeah, I did. I, I you know, I, I don't lie about that stuff. And she says, you know, the ominous words that everyone hears. So she goes, well, like, I have to, I have to like, think about it. And I go, yeah, okay, cool. Oof, not the a great sign. The come and pull her away from me. And we separate for the evening. 
that night, now, Matt Mazurvi and I are in the same bunk, which is not like there's much privacy. Like, you're on a bunch of cots. I mean, in the of, same of course you're in the same bunk. This is, like, straight out of a movie, this yeah. whole story. And so I'm laying down, and I'm staring up at the ceiling and just, you know, thinking all my, like, 13-year-old po- poetic thoughts. And I hear Matt from across the bunk just go, Hey, Jake. And I go, Yeah, Matt. And he goes, whatever happens tomorrow, you and me are still cool, right? And I go, yeah, Matt. Like, we're still cool. And we decided then and there that no matter what happened, we were still going to maintain, like, our friendship. We were just going to still be just dudes. Like, we had to share this bunk. Like, we're not going to fight. We're not going to do anything. Which, honestly, was like... The most mature thing, looking back at it. It's a very evolved Uh, part of the story, yeah. Yeah, so Matt and I kind of settled right then and there that everything was going to be okay. I didn't realize until much later that, unbeknownst to me, on the girls' side of camp, a much different debate was happening. In fact, it was practically like a trial. Uh, I only heard about this again afterwards because my sister and my cousins were there, but all of girls' camp was a flutter with this drama. And they were essentially almost like people were taking the cases of, is it Matt or is it Jake? And Matt or Jake with Olivia sitting on her bed, having to hear all of this. And like the whole, all the women in the camp together, making up like your pros and cons list. I would say like, it's her bunk. And then throughout the night, people are coming in and just being like, what's going on? Where's the decision at? How are we thinking? What are we doing? And I will tell you, Every single one of those people was like, well, you got to go with Matt. Matt's amazing. Even like, even your your sister? I don't know. I mean, my sister says now, no, no, we always believed in you. But I think my sister was more of the like, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, <laughs> I think like if I tell that, she'll be like, no, gross. You were always better than Matt Missouri. But, you know, that's that's the past. So nobody I, stuck up for you. I, no one really did, except for one. And uh, apparently that was Olivia, because the only response that she got back to all of it was she kept on going, right, I understand Matt has all these great things, but but Jake's so cute, though, oh, is what she said. I love it. Um, and so the next day, you don't see, like, the boys and girls camps are, again, on separate side of the camps. They're supposed to be, like, you're not... You only intermingle at certain times. So the first time that I see Olivia is we line up at the flagpole in the morning and the boys are on one side of this field and the girls are on the other and you're in order of your age groups. So if you look straight across, you are right in line with your your counterparts of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. And... Matt and I are like standing together and I see Olivia there and it's early in the morning and it's cold. It's a Massachusetts morning, but I, I mean, she's, she's gorgeous. Um, and we like go into the mess hall and eat breakfast and I make eye contact with her, um, across the room and, um, she's trying to whisper something to me. She's trying to say something to me and I can't quite like pick it up. And she tells me later, um, that she was saying, it's you, I pick you. Um, 
and she did. Wow. And she was the she was the first girlfriend that I I had ever, and she was the um, about a week later I think was yeah was our first kiss. She was, your, the first was it your first kiss ever? She was. It was my first kiss ever. Wow, that's like that is seriously so romantic, for real. I can I can tell you I know the exact spot where it happened. Oh. I know which tree it was under. Oh my and god! I mean that summer camp is still going. Camp Watito is still going really really strong to this day. And I've gone and I visit there and I've stood under that tree and I know exactly what it was and I'm. I can remember, uh, I can still taste her, like, peppermint lip gloss. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Some people have horrible first love experiences, and that's that's really beautiful. How long were you together? I, not long, sadly. Uh, she had to leave early in the summer to go with her family to Italy. Right. Um, and we stayed in touch. Uh, we saw each other like a couple of times and we actually reconnected when I first moved out to Los Angeles. She happened to be studying at USC at the time and me and Joe, uh, ended up here and we like had lunch with her and it was really nice and very sweet. Like it was, it was like a lot of summer camp relationships. It kind of was sort of like a little bit of this like moment in time and it was never really meant to ever um, I don't know. I don't think it could ever have gone out into the world on its own, or maybe it might have like lost some of the little bit of magic. But... I think I think it's perfect exactly the way it is. Yeah, me thank, too. Thank you for telling this story. It's just so romantic. It was. It's perfect for the theme. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Do you have uh, anything you'd like to plug, like maybe uh, social media or something yeah, like that? You can you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at uh, the Drago Effect, like Ivan Drago. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at the underscore Drago underscore Effect. Or you could follow my cat on Instagram at Manic Pixie Dream Cat. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. And that concludes a very romantic edition of the Truth Be Told podcast. (sighs) It was very romantic. It was very sweet. I can't say that I've been converted back to my happy-go-lucky romantic self. But I will say, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, that in each segment that I did that was on this episode, I had a moment while recording where I felt altered, even slightly, slightly affected by the person talking to me in, in just, in just like a small way in my heart. I felt, I felt hope, I guess, especially talking to Andrew and Tam and seeing how much they love and admire each other and in both the stories as well from Jake and Kelsey just just seeing you know just hearing how they lit up when they told their story I don't know 
I guess I feel a little hopeful for the future. It's nice to hear. Nice to see people be happy. So you out there, go spread some happiness. Go spread some love around. I'm going to spread some love right now with some thank yous. Um, I want to thank my guests who are wonderful. Kelsey Faulkner, Andrew Fung, Tamara Sharp Fung, and Jake Goldman. Thank you for your beautiful, beautiful stories and your open hearts. Thank you to Matthew Reed, who made the music for the show. Thank you to Catherine Fogler for the podcast photography. Thank you to Kurt Furla, who made the podcast artwork. Thank you to Trevor Pullman. He helps me edit. He's wonderful. Thank you to the boys at the Sonar Network, Cody Crane and Michael Mangiardi. You guys are the best. If you guys are interested in watching little video clips from interviews that we've done on Truth Be Told, go onto YouTube, search Truth Be Told Podcast, and we should come up. I also have an Instagram that you can follow. Please don't slide into my DMs, okay? I'd appreciate that. Uh, But please give me a follow if you can. And give me some likes. Uh, at Linzo Mullo, L-I-N-D-S-O-M-U-L-L-O. And like I said before, spread that love around. If you have a significant other and you've been taking them for granted lately, you know, stop what you're doing and pay them a compliment. Send them a cute text. Give them a kiss. Pick a flower from your neighbor's garden and give it to your loved one. Yeah. Spread that love around. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye-bye. has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.